Hello, and welcome to the Claremont Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. Good morning. Good morning. Um, we're going to be in John chapter 8, just following um, the reading that um, our brother Ralph had. Um, I've been recently just going over and over and over again through the Gospel of John. Um, I wouldn't say stuck there. I could move on, but I'm just in this cycle where I read it over and over again. And I keep finding things um, that, that, that provoked me to change, that provoked me to be more conformed to, um, to the Lord Jesus to know my Savior more and more. I think um, John's stated purpose in this gospel is that we may know him, that, that we would know that Jesus is the Christ, that we would know that he's the Son of God. And uh, most recently, I've been again in John chapter 8. This is in, in chapter 7. 6 and 7, he's going to the Feast of the Tabernacles. And, and he went alone. His family went ahead of him. Um, there is a plot to take him at this point. The plot hasn't got all the way to kill him, but it's right now to take him. Um, he never really got a fair trial before the Sanhedrin, the 70, that were supposed to decide whether he was Messiah or not. They've just kind of been sending people to trick him, um, sending people to, to mess him up in his words to prove that he's not Messiah. They want to prove he isn't. Um, there's a few reasons why. Um, one, because he breaks the Sabbath in the way that they said in their own rituals. Um, another, because he's proven them wrong on a few counts um, in their own understanding of Scripture. Um, and then, in the Feast of the Tabernacles, when, when they had this order to take him, he just stood boldly and taught. And nobody wanted to follow their rule. They just wanted to hear Jesus teach and embarrass them. And then we get to John chapter 8. And um, at the end of chapter 7, it says everyone went home. And then chapter 8 starts. Jesus went up to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he comes down. And now, now is the true test if he's going to fulfill what they want the Messiah to be. Because they caught a woman in adultery, probably set her up to catch her. And they bring him down. They bring her down as he's coming down from the mountain. He, he was teaching. They know where he is now early in the morning and they bring her to him. And the Roman law says they were not allowed to execute a stoning in Jerusalem. They're not allowed to do it. It's against Roman law. The covenant with Moses says this is what they're supposed to do. Is he going to follow the law or is he going to keep peace with Rome? It's a no-win situation. He's either going to be the Messiah they want him to be and break them free from Roman law or he's going to break Moses' law, one or the other. And he gets down and he writes on the ground. One of the things that he said 
in chapter 7 is he claimed that he would give that those rivers of flowing water. In Jeremiah 17, just and we always wonder what he wrote on the ground. Jeremiah 17, 13, it says, if you reject the rivers of flowing water, your name will be written in the earth. Meaning your, your possessions are here. This is where you get your glory. No glory above. Um, I don't know what he wrote. Maybe he's writing their names because they rejected the rivers of flowing water just before. Uh, maybe he's writing their sins. What caused them? Um, what caused them to just go home when he said that? Why didn't they stand up to him? I think of and John tells stories that kind of go together and flow. Um, John chapter four. What is it that the, he gave the Samaritan woman to prove that he was the Messiah? What did she go back to town telling everybody? He told me all I did. Her sins were laid bare. He knew everything. Would these rulers want that to happen to them if they dared challenge him in front of each other? Would he tell everyone what they had done in secret? Would he lay their sins out? They went home. They went home. They, and maybe that might be what they were scared of. They went home. And after they had left... Um, John just says, and as a as a teacher, as someone who's who's taught kids how to write, it bothers me sometimes. John just says, then then is not a proper transition word when you want to give specific detail as to when. But um, it's just then and then and then sometimes he'll say the next day or um, he doesn't say the next day here. So I think maybe there's just a couple hours later, uh, maybe a little bit later. There's another crowd around him and he says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I am the light of the world. Um, we know from verse 13 that there were Pharisees once again present. Um, Pharisees, and, and the Lord Jesus did end up condemning the Pharisees of the two groups, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We read more about the Pharisees because they hung, they hung around Jesus more. They were, they were more intrigued. They did try to, to catch him. They didn't want him to be the Messiah. Um, but they were the ones that at least trusted a Messiah would come. The Sadducees had given that up. The, the Sadducees, they only took the first five books to be Scripture. They only took the Torah. They didn't believe in the in the in the prophets. They didn't they didn't trust that to be the word of God. That's what gave them a little license to add as much as they wanted. They said these Pharisees take these books. We'll just add more and more and more ourselves. Um, they took such license. The Pharisees knew the the whole scriptures. They they studied them. Um, they were intrigued. We don't read of a lot of Sadducees coming to Jesus alone or, or believing in Jesus, but we know Nicodemus, um, Joseph Arimathea, we know, we know some of them recognized. Some of them recognized that, that Jesus was different. And they also took Daniel 2.22 to be a messianic, to, to show that Messiah is also light. Um, and in Daniel 2.22, it says, um, speaking, of the fa- speaking of God, that light dwelleth with him. And how can something dwell with 
God. And they said it must be the son. It must be the Messiah that dwells with God. Light dwelleth with him. God is light. Christ and the Messiah was to be the image of the invisible God. When he says, I am the light of the world, the Pharisees would would listen in deeply. They they took Daniel 2.22 to be a messianic verse that light dwelleth with him. So when he says, I am the light of the world, um, he's speaking to the Pharisees. Their belief in the book of Daniel is prophetic, um, saying, I'm the Messiah. He's telling them plainly. Um, that I've been with God. I dwell with God. Um, in Luke 2.32, Simeon references this. Um, Simeon calls him the light that enlightens the Gentiles. Um, in that prophecy, when, um, when Mary and Joseph bring him to the temple, when they bring him and you have um, the prophecy and adoration of Simeon and then of Anna, um, he calls him the light to enlighten the Gentiles. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Um, in reading different commentaries, uh, Matthew Henry um, expressed it this way, just his what, um, what he saw when he read this verse and in thinking about it. Christ, in calling himself the light, expresses what he is in himself, the most excellent and glorious, the expression, the express image of the Father. And then what he is to the world, the fountain of light, enlightening every man. Um, the earth would be a dungeon without the sun, S-U-N, lifeless and, and, and dark. The, the world would also be a dungeon without the Son of God, without Christ. Light came into the world through him. And we know in John chapter 1, we see this image as well, how the light was the light of men. Um, he is the light of the world. And then uh, after I am the light of the world, it says he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He that followeth me. Sometimes um, sometimes we just we just sit and we stare. We gaze on that light. We sing gazing on the Lord and glory. We sit and we just gaze on that light. We stare at that light. And we get stagnant. We don't follow the light. Um, yeah, we're, we, we are asked to remember that light. We're asked to, to remember the Lord Jesus, to think about Him, to worship Him. But He asks us to follow the light. Um, there's, there's action. There's a life. The, the Christian way, this Christian Faith, it's not just studying and singing and praying on Sundays or Wednesdays or when, when we come together. Um, not just preaching and listening to sermons, gazing on the light and staring at the light. A light is used to see in the darkness so that you can move, so that you can walk. It was always meant to be the, to be the way of God's people to move in the world. When we think of the, the great tragedy of, of Israel is that they never fully followed God through the land. They got stuck and they, and they settled. They didn't keep going. And how much ground have we given up to the enemy 
by just sitting and gazing on the light instead of moving and using the light that He gives us um, to move with, with boldness through the world. He's the Word of God. And Scripture says, Thy Word is a lamp unto my eyes. No. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet. To move and to walk in this world as a witness to the truth. When we walk in darkness, and I know, um, I, I think of, uh, you know, I grew up in Miami. It was always light. I'd go to take the trash out at 1130 at night and the sky was lit up. Um, you know, but now living out here in Lake County, living out here, you go out in the dark and it's dark. It's dark. And when you're walking in that darkness, think of the, at, when you're at camp, walking from the chapel to the cabin, especially the boys' cabins, clear across the camp, and the darkness, it's a worrisome walk if you don't have a light. And, and think about the spiritual imagery there. The people that walk through this world without the light of the world are worried, looking over their shoulders. They're worried from one step to another. There's such a lack of freedom of thought a lack of, of freedom of, of, of being agile, of being the ability to move freely. But when you turn on the light, you can see where you're going. You're not so much worried as about your next step. The light shows you where you're headed. The light shows you the way that you're supposed to go. That freedom from worries, it allows for joy in this world. Um, interacting with so many people in my line of work, uh, parents that ask me for parenting advice for their 13 and 14 year old. Do you see my kids? You know, we don't have it all together. Um, and they're and they're young. We're still learning. Um, I've never had a 13 year old. But they're coming they're saying, I don't know what to do isn't my child uh, how many times i've called home and they the first thing they say is not my daughter not my son um and then there's the worry um we have the light of the world it lights up our our future steps we have an expected end give us boldness and joy going forward following that light Verse 13, the reply. I look at really the rest of this chapter and the incredible restraint of the Lord Jesus. Incredible restraint. He just told them that He's the Messiah in, in words that they would understand. He's asking them to follow Him. And they throw out to the, to the Word of God. They say, the Pharisees therefore said unto him, verse 13, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. Right? Bringing up an obscure verse about murder trials, capital, capital offenses in, in Deuteronomy, when there's an offense that could lead to death, it requires two witnesses. 
And so they say, you don't have two witnesses. You're bearing record of yourself. It's not true. What did they do with John the Baptist? They sent someone and asked him, who are you? So what, what, what kind of answer were they expecting from John the Baptist? He was going to bear record of himself and say who he was. They asked him. They, they sent people to Jesus. Who are you? And they're, they're coming up with these obscure verses, the, as obscure references to, to try to get rid of him. That the whole two witnesses had nothing to do with claiming to be Messiah. It had to do with capital offenses. It had to do with offenses punishable by death. Needing two witnesses and not being able, not counting yourself. Um, it, they asked, they sent a person to John the Baptist well, during John's ministry to ask him who he was. And they were going to take his answer at face value. Um, Moses said who he was. Elijah said who he was. All the prophets came to them and said, I have a message from God and bear record for themselves. This was a a fake charge to lay at Jesus, and he knew it. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, my record is true. For I know whence I came and whether I go, but you cannot tell whence I come and whether I go. You judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet, if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. He's saying, you're you're very lucky I'm not here to judge. If I did judge, I would judge completely and utterly. My judgment would be true from beginning to end. And it's just like the scene we just left with the woman caught in adultery. If if I had come to judge, if I had come to judge, there would be none left. And John three seventeen, right? I mean, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. The world through Him might be saved. This time, this time, the Lord Jesus came as medicine. The next time he's coming with the scalpel. Um, He came to to save the world, um, not to judge it in this case. And we see this restraint over and over and over later on. And and we won't get to the end of the chapter. But um, towards the end, when he he comes out and says, you're of your father, the devil. He had kind of said, you're of your father a couple of times, hinting. He, he was showing restraint. He was saying they're doing the works of the devil, but he didn't come out and say it until they kept challenging him and kept challenging him and kept challenging him. Then he said, you're of your father, the devil. Um, the incredible restraint that he showed as they kept challenging him. Um, in verse 17, he goes on to answer the actual charge. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself and the father that sent me beareth witness of me. Uh, He he might have kept going. There were many that would bear witness of him. How many had he healed? We already heard the Samaritan woman knew he was the Messiah. His disciples had made claims 
already. You know, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. They knew who he was. There were so many that would bear witness that he's the Messiah. So many that he had healed at this point, even starting back at the wedding at Cana. All those people knew he had done a great miracle. More and more would have come and witnessed to him. He's just getting started when he says, I bear witness of myself. Yes, and my father also. Um, And then they throw a, a sideways comment at him in verse 19. They said, where is your father? Jesus answered. It said, they said unto him, where is your father? Um, And this is one we don't know where the comment came from. Possibly Joseph had already passed away, but they they may have known his story. They may have known his claims. Later on, um, they lean into it a little bit more when they say we were not born of fornication. Um, Laying that at him. Um, And he answers, you neither know me nor my father. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. Once again, claiming to be on an equal plane with God. Right? There There are people who know my son Frankie. That does not mean they know me. We are not the same person. I can't, you know, if if I know Tyler, that doesn't mean I know Billy. Um, what Jesus is saying is we're the same person. I and my father are the same person. Um, sometimes we, we read past this and we just think he's just saying, you know, that I'm just like. No, he's saying we're the same person. The father and I are the same person. Um, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. And it says these words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple. No man laid hands on him, for his hour was not come. Just Their tongues were let loose, and they could say whatever they pleased. They could say whatever they pleased to the Lord Jesus. Their hands were tied. And we know the sovereign God, in, in control of all aspects, in control of this world, um, there's a, there's times that he's given for things. And we see this in the Lord Jesus's ministry, how early on they wanted to take him and how long the plot to kill him was. And 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 they probably thought they, they had to think there's something else at play here. Why we can't get him. There's times that it seems he just disappears in the crowd and they can't find him. Um, They were so frustrated with this in a few chapters. They'll say, we'll just after he had raised Lazarus from the dead, they said, we'll just kill Lazarus instead. Um, They they can't get a hold of Jesus. Their hands were tied. Their mouths were let loose. They could say whatever to condemn themselves. Um, But their hands were tied. Then Jesus said again unto them, I go my way and you shall seek me, shall die in your sins. Whether I go, you cannot come. And again, there it says, Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he said, Where I go, you cannot come. I'm not understanding. Um, and before that, he's speaking to the Pharisees. And John always gives specific words to the groups. 
Usually the multitudes would be a mixed multitude. It would be just people that that would come to Jerusalem. They're not from Jerusalem, but they're there for the feasts. The Jews is usually Jewish people who live in Jerusalem. That's their home. And then, you know, the Pharisees or the rulers are the, the ruling part of the Jewish religion. So there's and then his disciples, um, you've got the big group of disciples and then you have the twelve. Um, and John usually works his way through these groups. He was speaking to the Pharisees um, and then uh, the Jews would be those that live in Jerusalem. Um, they kind of know what's going on. Um, but not completely tuned in with the Pharisees and the disciples and what Jesus is saying and where he's going with his words. Verse 23, he answers, he says, You are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. He's been plain about who he is since... Um, since he began this, I am the light of the world. He's being plain um, about what his claim is. Then they said unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I've said to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. And they understood not that he spoke to them of the Father. And then Jesus said unto him, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then ye shall know that I am he, that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. He that sent me is with me. The Father hath not let me alone, for I always do those things that please him. As he spake these words, many believed on him. These Jews that live in Jerusalem, now they're starting to make the connections. They're starting to make connections in what he's saying. Um, what he has done, maybe remembering the words that he's been speaking since the beginning of his ministry, it, it's starting to make sense and more people are believing him. Um, later on in John, when before the Passover has come, that when they make that plan to kill him, they say the whole world has gone after him. Um, they had completely lost track. The more they let him speak, the more he confused them. It was clear. Um, it was clear that he was on another level. Many believed on him. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Um, and this statement, we know, then launched another, um, it, it launched another long debate about what they were in bondage to and how they had never been in bondage before. Um, but it goes back, Jesus ending this section on those that believed. He spoke these to the Jews that believed on him. If you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The life that the Lord Jesus always wanted for his disciples the life that god's people were always to have from the beginning was to walk to move with him in this world back in the garden back in the garden we know from from what we read that the lord would walk 
in the garden with Adam, that they would move, that they would work together. Um, we know when God called Abraham, he called him to move with, with Moses. And when God went to, to free his people, he wanted them to move. And then in the, in the promised land, to move through, to take the whole land. And where, where God's people get stuck is when they stop moving with Him. And sometimes when it gets frustrating, um, we, just, we enjoy our time just sitting and gazing at the light. We do. It's comfortable. It's comfortable to gather around a fire. It's comfortable to gather around a light. But lights... The light of the world is not meant to sit still. The light of the world is not meant to be hidden under a bushel. The light of the world is meant to go and light the whole world. To go and light men in the darkest of places. It's meant to convict of sin. It's meant to, to have the gospel spread through this world so that people know who the Lord Jesus is. That's what He commissioned us to do, as many people as we can, to make disciples of all nations, bringing the light to as many people as we can. We do love to come together and we gather around that light, we gaze on that light, we remember the light of the world. As we go from this place, we take that light with us and we share it with as many people as we can that that the Lord Jesus did not stay stationary in his ministry he moved the gospel did not stay in Jerusalem it went through the world and as we have that light we have hold of that light we take it and share it with as many people as we can whoever we meet and that's the commission that the Lord Jesus gave to us we have the light of the world and let's share it let's close in a word of prayer Our God and our Father, we thank you um, for your word as we, as we open it and we look. We thank you for um, the accessibility that we have to it and study it wherever we can look into it, wherever. Um, Lord, we thank you that we can get to know you through study of your word. And Lord, as we learn more about you, Lord, we pray that it would spur us on to good works, that it would spur us on to share um, what we know with others. And we pray that we would learn much from Your Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Lord, we thank You um, for the salvation that we have through Him and His death on the cross. Um, Lord, and we pray that as we have forgiveness of sins, Lord, we pray that we would share the Gospel, the good news, um, with all those that we come in contact with, being a light in this dark world, living boldly, living with joy in all circumstances because we can see the way in front of us because we have hold of that light. And we pray that you would give us boldness, that you would give us the conviction um, to share to share your gospel, to share the light, to share the Lord Jesus with as many people as we come in contact with. And we pray these things um, in his most precious and holy name, the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. Amen.